0: Welcome to Life in Focus, where we discuss whatever is on my mind. I'm Liam Sawyer, and with me is Colette Barron. How are you today, Colette?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I mean, can't complain. It's a Wednesday evening. Not much going on. Today, we'll be talking about mental health with our special guest. So let's get started. So, this week's episode topic is very dear to me because it is something that I personally have struggled with and something I continue to struggle with. There is such a stigma behind taking care of your mental health and knowing when it's time to listen to our mind and give it the attention it needs. We often go through life ignoring the small signs inside us, but also the signs that other people go off, trying to show that they are also not okay.
1: Come join us as we talk about why there is such a stigma and how we can help not only ourselves but others that are struggling because if one thing is certain, we are not alone and our shared experiences only build us up and make us better.
0: Just a disclaimer before we begin. We are not mental health professionals and the things discussed in this episode are from our own personal experiences and or information gathered from NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. If you or a loved one is in need of someone to talk to, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK-8255 or call 911 immediately. So why did I pick this as the first podcast episode? Well, as I mentioned earlier, it is something I have struggled with, And being a college student, I'm surrounded with people and things that can make life a little harder than it needs to be. From weekend events to classes, there are triggers for everyone. College can be very hard, especially for freshmen who have this new sense of freedom with the added pressure of maintaining their studies. On the other hand, it can just be as hard, if not harder for the upperclassmen that are dealing with the added stresses, trying to find internships, job opportunities, for when they graduate. Besides college life, there's added stress of home, work, and even your own personal life. We will dive into these topics, so we hope you stay with us.
1: One thing that we as college students do not enough of is take mental health days to rejuvenate and recover from a busy and stressful week. We are so caught up in the party scene that we push ourselves to go out every weekend and drink to the point where we don't remember what happened. This is caused by fear of missing out or simply FOMO. We see people post on Snapchat and even Instagram of a party and the first thought that comes to mind is, why am I not there? This gets even worse if you are not asked to come, so you just get inside your head and start to second-guess everything. Are they my friends? Do they like me? Why didn't I get invited? This should not be the first thing to think about. Who cares what someone else is doing? Focus on yourself and try to be a better person. Try to be a better version of who you want to become, not what others want you to be. Your goal is not to please everyone. Heck, that's impossible. There will always be people that don't like you, and that is perfectly okay.
0: That is absolutely so true, Colette. As you said, there will always be people that don't like you, and that is okay. You don't need validation from everyone. You don't need everyone to like you or be your friend. And as you were saying earlier about FOMO, there are some weekends that I don't have the motivation to go out because my social media, my social meter has ran out. And honestly, that's okay. If your social meter runs out, you can stay home, you can watch a movie. Like for me, I find the joy of staying inside and being with myself. From a simple pint of ice cream to catching up on my Netflix obsessions, I choose to do something that makes me happy. One thing that made me really happy is listening to music. I go everywhere listening to music because it is so therapeutic. I enjoy the songs that have great lyrics with meanings that I can actually relate to. From indie folk to pop, I generally listen to almost everything. Currently, my music obsession might be out of hand, as Apple Music has said that I have listened to music this year alone for 709 hours with one specific album, The Weatherman by Gregory Allen Isakov, on replay 455 times. Go check him out, honestly, because his lyrics are legendary. Is there a song that you have been listening to that you can't stop?
1: Um, honestly, I've been listening to a little bit of French music, actually, lately, because I find it really relaxing and therapeutic, and I do agree with your point that um, I go around listening to music everywhere as well, because it makes me feel relaxed and calm, so artists like Claro I like to listen to a lot when I'm walking to class, because her music is more on the calmer, relaxing side, and it kind of helps me, like, drown out my thoughts and kind of forget about the stresses of the day that I'm facing.
0: You know, definitely. I agree with that a thousand percent. A lot of people think that when you have your headphones in, you're unapproachable. You think people think that, oh, don't talk to me. I have headphones in. That means I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, most of the time it's the complete opposite. We listen to music to find that sense of comfort that we can't get on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I have a really hard time getting out of bed in the morning and even if it's just like for something really important like class or an event. And this is not because I don't care about it or because I'm not prioritizing it. It's usually because I'm anxious for the day even though I have no idea what it's going to be like. Uh, Usually this leads to me calling my family members because this is what I find helps me the most. I love having a close relationship with them because it brings me a sense of comfort and happiness because I feel like they're the people that can understand me the most when I'm going through these anxious times. And when I'm feeling really down, my sister and I will usually do city days together, which always makes me feel better. Activities that we do usually consists of shopping, eating, or seeing different places in New York City. Our favorite place to go is Washington Square Park and get ice cream and then go shopping in Soho. And personally, I also utilize shopping as a way to make me feel better because I'll, I know that I'll have something new to look forward to. And I also love fashion. So this is like a great um, way for me to de-stress myself.
0: And you got to treat yourself after a long <laughs> week. Come on. You got to go to hit up every single store and be like, yes, I want that. I want this, 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 <laughs> this, and that. Give me more.
1: Exactly. It's a great thing to look forward to. And I'm glad that I have people around me that I'm able to do these things with.
0: Oh, that's awesome to hear. All right. Welcome back, guys. So for the next segment of our little podcast, we will be answering some questions about mental health and some various related topics. So let's dive into it with question one. What is your story with mental health? Colette, would you like to get us started with that
1: one? Yes. So growing up, I went to, I grew up in a really small town, and everyone was kind of the same. And sometimes I didn't fit in as well as everybody else. So growing up in elementary school, I got bullied a lot. And then, moving up to middle school, I got bullied as well. And this caused a lot of social anxiety for me. I didn't want to get up and go to school in the morning, and it was really hard. So um, the bullying kind of went away when I got up to high school, but I still had that sense of anxiety with me. So as I went through high school, I always thought I wasn't going to make any friends. I always had the same friends since I was little, and I didn't think I was gonna make any new friends because I thought everybody was gonna judge me and think I was weird because of past experiences. But I actually did make a lot of friends, and it was surprising to me. However, I still had this anxiety whenever I would go into crowded places. I didn't feel comfortable. And then I got to college, and it kinda got worse. So um, I started going to therapy, when I was in eighth grade, and then I stopped for a little bit. But once I got to college, I really needed it because I was around people all the time. And my social anxiety just got worse. And it kind of manifested into this really bad depression that got worse as COVID went on. So um, now I'm seeing I'm still in therapy, which has helped a lot. And I'm going to continue doing it because I really like it.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with us. As you mentioned, you had your mental health at a very early age starting to get affected and it's kind of similar for me like I think most of my mental health struggles stemmed from me as a little kid from being adopted when I was five years old to seeing my dad pass away in front of me when I was seven and a lot of factors but I didn't really start to notice my mental health deteriorating until around sophomore and junior year of high school uh, which is when like all those memories started to flood back from like my dad and like things I said as a little kid to my dad and that's like the last things I remembered of him which weren't that positive so I would have like dreams of him taking me to school on his shoulders as a little kid then he would put me down I would turn around and then try and look back and he was gone and that kind of stems from like my fear of a Abandonment, as you could say, from my birth parents leaving me and my siblings, and having to live in an orphanage as a little kid. Um, but that sophomore and junior year got really bad to the point where I didn't like want to be here anymore. Like I had those thoughts where I just wanted like everything to be over with, wanted things to end. And thankfully, I had a good support system with my mom and friends at school, even the administration at my high school, and they helped me talk about everything, even though I was very, very reluctant to talk about anything, because I am a very closed-off person. I have a lot of walls built around my life, around my heart, my mind, and everything. So I didn't want people knowing everything that was going on in my life, but that stuff sort of changed when I knew that there was a problem, and I knew that I had to do something to change it. So, and I mean, this kind of leads us to the second question, which you have briefly touched upon, which is, have you seen a therapist for how long, if you're not currently seeing a therapist? And if you did stop, what was the reason behind that? Or were there multiple factors?
1: Yeah, kind of just how I stated before, um, I started seeing a therapist when I was in eighth grade, because um, my parents knew that I wasn't, getting treated while well at school, so um, they started to see that affect my mental health, I started losing interest in things that um, I loved before, I didn't want to go to sports anymore, I didn't want to go to school, um, I would throw up in the morning before school because I was so scared to go, so my parents started sending me to a therapist, and um, it was really hard for me to open up because I don't think I was aware, my... I I think that I was getting treated so bad and I didn't know why it was happening and I was so young I was not capable of really like expressing or like having like a routine amount of thoughts that were plausible so I couldn't really talk about anything with my therapist it confused me I was more in a confused state and it didn't make sense to me because my whole life I tried to you know, be a good person, I tried to be a good student, um, everything I wanted to be, Um, I tried to participate in sports and everything, so it didn't make sense to me why I was getting treated like this, and um, so I started seeing a therapist, and I didn't really answer their questions, I wasn't really a great patient, so I stopped going, and then once I got to freshman year of college, I started going again because I noticed my anxiety and depression were increasing, and I knew this was not, it was already leading me down a very bad path, so I didn't want it to keep doing that, so I started going to therapy through Manhattan College, and through there, I didn't really love it, so I started going to a different therapist, and um, that worked out okay, but I wasn't I wasn't seeing that many results. So now I'm seeing another one, and it's been working really well. And I hopefully it keeps working well because I've made a lot of progress this year, and it's felt really good.
0: You know, as you were talking about all the different therapists you went to, I mean, I can relate a little bit. I've been to three total therapists. Like My first one was way, way, way back when I was a little kid, maybe like 50. 19, 16, actually probably earlier than that. And that was mostly for issues that we were dealing with at my house with my sister. And then between my sister and me and my mom, like, as like a bundle, you could say. Because like me and my mom have been pretty tight as little kids. So we didn't really have that many issues that we needed to talk to as a therapist. And that was kind of more, I was kind of more forced into doing that as a little kid so I had a little resistance to it anytime the therapist would ask me questions I would give her one word answers and be like yeah no mm-hmm," and that's pretty much it and honestly that was nice as I grew up we stayed with her for a long time and it was nice because as I matured I realized that Yes, I might not necessarily have problems that I want to deal with right now and talk about. It's nice to have someone that I can talk to if I choose to about it. Um, and the only reason we stopped going to her is because she ended up retiring and moving to Florida. So we are like, we can't go to Florida with you as much as we love you and how close we are. You literally know all of our life stories in my family. We, we can't. Go with you. So then we, I kind of paused with therapy at that point, and I didn't really go to another therapist until high school when I wanted to like end everything. And that was also kind of by force with the mental hospital after I got my evaluation. They wanted me to continue with a therapist. So I did that with the local mental health organization where I lived. And I did enjoy that, and that was a good therapist. Me and him got along very nice. I told him about almost everything that was going on in my life at the time. Came out to him also before I like wanted to deal with that as a whole general thing with everybody. And I mean, that kind of ended abruptly too after a couple, maybe two years of seeing him. He went on vacation and he passed away on vacation. So I had to find a new therapist after that. And luckily there was a great female therapist that was in the same building as he was that I started seeing. We clicked. We would talk about school. This was like right before college applications were due. And she was talking to me about all the processes and all that. So it kind of relieved that that type of stress on my mind because... I was dealing with stuff from previous years. And I stopped going to her when I went to college because I was like, I don't see the point of going to a therapist right now. I'm at a good place mentally. Um, So I was like, I can take a pause, but if I ever needed to go back to her, I can always reach out and continue with that. That's always an option for me. All right, so for question three. What is the biggest challenge that you face dealing with your mental health?
1: So um, I have like a lot of doubts, I think, with myself. And I tend to doubt myself before things even happen or I've even done anything, which usually leads me to not do anything. So that's probably my biggest challenge. And um, I usually... Say to myself, I can't do this, or like, I'm not good enough to do this. Usually it goes along the lines of, I'm not good enough. So um, it makes dealing with tasks and other things much harder. And I spend a lot of time in my room and in my bed. And it's, sometimes it's really hard to get out of my bed because I'm scared that I'm going to embarrass myself if I do anything. It could be even the simplest task. It could be going to the deli to get an iced coffee and a bagel, like anything that I can do. I'm scared that I'm not going to, something's going to happen, but I don't even know what it is. So this makes day-to-day life kind of difficult because I want to stay in bed all day because that usually feels better for me because I feel like I'm in a safe space. So it's challenging. It's hard for me to get things done. Also, I get really bad anxiety attacks and panic attacks sometimes, and those interfere a lot with getting things done, clearly. So, um, if things pile up or, like, just, I can get really stressed out over things, uh, because sometimes my moods will go up and down, up and down, up and down. Those will usually cause it. So obviously the anxiety and panic attacks make it really hard to get things
0: done. I totally get that. Like for me, it's mostly my getting into my head about everything. Like even the simplest stuff. Um, I'll just like pick up my brain and be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And also like worthiness is kind of a big challenge for me. Because I don't find myself to be worthy in a lot of cases, like, worthy of love and all of that. Like, I'm the biggest hopeless romantic you'll ever meet. So, I mean, that one is hard in itself, and just the self-doubt that I have in me makes that even worse. Um, I mean, that creeps up on me just randomly. Like, it could be a weekend where I'll just be, like, sitting inside watching Netflix or just listen to music and then I'll just like start thinking about stuff that happened like a month ago. And then I will just constantly replay that in my head over and over and over and think about what if things happened differently? What if I didn't say that? What if I said that? And I mean, honestly, I should not be doing that because past is in the past and I should only be trying to focus on the future and work Towards a version I want other people to see me as and not as a version as what people want me to be. I should just be who I wanna be and just, as people would say, fuck everyone else and just think about yourself, but not in a negative or cocky aspect. Think of yourself as in put yourself first and put your mental health first. So as we're getting to wrap up, What is one thing that you want others to know about mental health or anything related to mental health?
1: One thing I want others to know about mental health is that it really takes a toll on someone's day-to-day life and it's not something that is easily controlled. So I think that a lot of when someone sees the way someone's acting, it could be something little. There can be judgment. I think that there should be no judgment there because it's not controlled how someone feels because how someone feels can lead them to having something maybe not great going in their lifestyle but that should never be judged because that's not something someone can control stuff like having a messy room or not taking out your trash or something like that it's a small thing and I think that it shouldn't ever be judged because that person is feeling is obviously feeling a certain way and they can't get themselves to be propelled to get stuff done. So I feel like there should be more leeway with that. And I think especially with parents, I think parents need to understand too, that not everything is easily controlled. And it's, Sometimes, even just getting out of bed, it's really hard to get yourself moving and it should never be judged.
0: I want to add on to what you say with that. Like In the aspect of not being judged, there should also be a sense of people who are kind of experiencing the person who's in a bad mental state at the moment. They should not be constantly nagging at them, be like, what's wrong? Why aren't you doing this? Sometimes you just need to let them be for a moment yes it's okay to check up on somebody you should be checking up on people that are close to you but don't be checking up on a way that makes them think oh you want to know everything about my life like now i'm not going to tell you what's going on or don't be rude about little things that they aren't doing because they're having issues that they don't want to tell you about but that's just something to add on with that But I think one thing that I want people to know is, I'm going to echo what I said earlier um, on my previous question about, don't worry about what other people think about you. Just worry about how you want to come across and how you want to be as a person in the future. Your life is your life. And you decide what is going on in it, how it's going to be, and most importantly, who you are going to be in this world. You are here for you and you should be choosing to express yourself in a way that you want others to look at you. You shouldn't be changing your hair, your body or anything about you to please other people. Because in the end, something always going to happen and you're always going to lose friends. People are going to stay in your life, but there's always that chance that people won't. But focus on those people that will because they will help you become a better version of yourself. That brings us to the end of this wonderful conversation with Colette Barron. Thank you so much for appearing on my little podcast. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, I can't wait to do this again with you on a hopefully much lighter topic next time. I know it's a a lot for some people to listen to and a lot for others to handle, but I hope you guys stayed this long and heard everything that we said. And I hope that you got something out of it that can either help your life or help someone that you know that is very close to you.